Good evening, friends. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. It's episode 15 of The Love Pod. I know we said that we'd be jettisoning that nickname a few weeks ago uh, with the departure of Dear Dennis, but no, it's stuck like something that sticks. So here we are, Love Pod 15. We've come a long way in those, uh, those last 14 weeks, and we hope you're enjoying it so far. Lots of excellent feedback online, constructive and, and critical, but, you know, what can I say? We're amateurs, we're not professionals, we're just doing it for a bit of a laugh. Um, but tonight, I'm joined by uh, Rob, I'm joined by Dan, and as a very special guest, I'm joined by our friend Mark from over in the States. Mark, how are you? I'm good. How is everyone? I think we're all doing fine. Um, it's been an interesting weekend in terms of football uh, England have played. We had USA playing Germany, I think, as well. Was that the end of last week, I believe? It was. It was Thursday, I think. Maybe Friday. Uh, okay, cool. Well, we'll come to that a little bit later on in the international roundup. But, uh, but no, it's good to have you on. Rob, how are you? And it's been a couple of weeks since you made an appearance on the pod. Yeah, it's been a few weeks. Um, good, thank you. How are you, Chris? Yeah, I'm good, my friend, too. I'm recovering from a bit of an old day yesterday, sort of school really? reunion thing I had, so I've been a little bit a bit fuzzy, shall we say, today, but I'm feeling good, feeling on top form, and I know, Dan, you're probably staying awake tonight to watch Game of Thrones okay. with your absolute lack of uh, job commitments and so on as a little dirty student. <laughs> Mate, you won't even, tonight's going to be such a bad one, because there is Game of Thrones, the finale, no less, and because we've got Sky back, I can stay up and watch it as it happens. And then, as soon as Game of Thrones finishes, E3 starts, which I'm going to cover. So I'm not going to be going to bed till like 5 o'clock, which, which probably means you'll be getting this podcast like early Tuesday morning, cause I'll have, Monday morning even, because I'll have time to edit it all before happenings begin. As long as they announce Red Dead Redemption 2, then I'll be happy. You, you can, I agree. Uh, <laughs> I, put that on, I just put that on a, a, a list thing I've just done. That's like the first one. Yeah, Red Dead Redemption 2 is the one that I want. And if you don't do it, then I'll just get, I'll just get upset. It's just really disappointing. But no, on that notice, we'll, we'll dive straight in. Um, like we said, it's been a busy week, Wanderers-wise. We've seen Adam Bogdan's move to Liverpool be confirmed. And then we've also not quite had official confirmation of Ben Amos's move. But those in the know, um, not ex- excluding our favourite drunken Scottish journalist friend, uh, that Amos is coming in. Three or four year deal apparently as well, so he should be here for the long term. Um, we might as well start with a new lad, Mark. Um, as a goalkeeper yourself, what are your thoughts on the development? Well, I'm personally really upset to see Adam Bogdan go. I mean, anybody that's read the site, especially when I was writing, would know how big of a proponent of his I was. Yeah, I was a big fan, and while I thought that he and uh, Andy Lonergan were relatively similar at times, I thought Bogdan had more potential and more upside to him. He could pull out an incredible game just about on any occasion, but as everyone else knows, he was also good for a howler every now and then. Hmm. Well, he wouldn't be a Bolton Wanderers goalkeeper if he weren't, would you? Let's be honest. Right. Let's be honest. I mean, but, a lot yeah, of that I mean, can go on defending. Exactly. I was just about to say, you know, when you're, when you're behind the back line that includes uh, Matt Mills, includes that night and, and a couple of other culprits, it's it's probably not, not surprising that he faced that he faced quite a lot of shots. Um, Dan, I believe you had a couple of stats, if I remember, about the number of clean sheets and what have you that he, that he kept in his time at Wanderers. Um, just to give you 10 seconds to find that post and so you can quote it and we can pretend that we know it all off the top of our head. Um, oh, I do. I've got it right on top of my head. Right, fine. Right oh, well, go on then. Go on then. Clever 20, 26 clean sheets in 104 games. Decent then. So, yeah, it's not bad at all, is it, Mark? Uh, we'll, we'll stick with you for the time being. Obviously, you've got the, the, the crazy goalkeeper gene running through your, your veins. Um what what do you see happening for him at Liverpool? Do you think he's got a chance, or do you think warming the bench for you know a decent pay hike, probably a comfier bench than ours as well, is all he can realistically expect? I think he'll be the the cup goalkeeper for a little bit, and if he can show his form there, then he's got a chance. I mean, Mignolet's been 
average at best in his time at Liverpool. A couple good games here and there, but I don't remember anything particularly outstanding with him. No, I think you're right. Um, Rob, where do you stand on that? Do you, do you think the same, or do you think Bogdan's going to going to come in and make his mark, you know, pre-season, what have you, and uh, and, and displace Mignolet sooner rather than later? I think it depends how Mignolet starts the season, but I think they've got a cracking goalkeeper in Bogdan. I think he showed at the end of the season that he's a quality goalkeeper, and I think I'd, I'd like to say thank you to him, and then also say I think he's got a good chance. He's a great opportunity for him to go to Liverpool and go back to the Premier League, which is really where, where he probably belongs. Yeah, I think he's got a good chance. I don't think Minilay is a great goalkeeper. So if he can go there, put a couple of good games in the cup, yeah, I think he can ice Minilay personally. Yeah, I totally agree. I'm sad to see an academy, well, uh, you know, not an academy graduate, that's wrong. I'm sad to see someone that we've developed from, you know, from scratch in, yeah. into, a, into a first team or into someone that's probably going to be a decent Premier League goalkeeper for the next five to ten years because he's only 27 still as well. He's got, got plenty of time on his hands. Um Iaskalainen showed, well, he's still still showing that you can carry on playing until you're 40 as a goalkeeper. It's absolutely no barrier whatsoever. So, Mark, I don't know what level you're playing at over in the States, but, you know, just don't give it up. You could go right to the top. You've got loads of time on your hands. Absolutely loads of time. Um, Bogdan's a couple of years. Sorry. That's okay. Carry on. Adam Bogdan's only a couple of years older than me, so I, I can still do this. Just sign me up. <laughs> Is this a, yeah, I want to say well, this podcast is listened to by people at Wonders. We know that for a fact. So you never know, Mark. You can people. You're on Twitter. You're easy to find. If people want to get you over for a trial, I'm sure you jump at the opportunity. And I some like pretty trip overseas. Yeah, I like as well. Yeah, exactly. If nothing else, it just means you can come over here and uh, and pay, take a visit into the uh, into the Reebok or Macron, as it's now known. But no, goalkeeper is an interesting topic. I, I think that Amos is is the right signing to make to almost to soften the blow a little bit of, of Bogdan leaving because he's not an unknown quantity to us. I mean, he's 25 himself. He's, he's not any sort of spring chicken. He's another one, though. He could have 15 years in the game ahead of him. So I think for the long term, it makes sense to sign somebody that we know and that we can we can rely upon. I, I saw somebody write on the title last week about how Lonergan's time in the in the team was could maybe be viewed as a bit of an audition. Um, and while he did well enough at the first few first period, I think his in, inherent shakiness let him down and forced him to fail that audition. And, and Probably sped the decision-making process up in terms of letting him go to Fulham, uh, but we'll see. It's not that long now until the pre-season friendlies start, and you should hope Amos will be officially confirmed over the next day or two. I know they were hoping to announce it on Friday, but for whatever reason they didn't. F- you know, fingers crossed it gets announced. We all know that the deal's done, ninety-nine percent, and that's what we're all hoping for. Um, another deal that we're hoping is done is Prattley. Obviously, last week we had the pessimistic talk of him leaving. It was just a case of, of where, where to, uh, but now it looks like he's signing. Um, Dan. What do you make of that? Are you happy? Yeah, definitely. Like I've written an article and said on a few times on here that I wouldn't be too bothered if Pat Lee left. But I am. Don't like mistake. I hope people don't get me wrong. I did want him to stay all the time. I'm not like switching changing my tune right now. I have always wanted Pat Lee sign because every game he played under Lennon, he was fantastic, and it's quite clear that Lennon um, that Lennon has him. You know, he's fairly in Lennon's plans, and I think if I'd imagine Lennon would have him as a certain to sign. You know what I mean? He's one of the Plays he would have thought would have stayed, and so if he had gone, that would have been another monkey wrench into his uh, transfer dealings, which you know, which had pretty yeah. hefty one came in this week, as we all know, and as we'll come on to. So it's, it's, it is good that he's probably going to sign, even though it's not been like officially confirmed yet. Yeah, I mean, Rob, I mean, my, my point of view on this is that obviously I'm, I like Prattley, I'm happy for him to stay, I think he's a, he's a good workhorse, but I have also been wondering whether the wages could maybe have been saved and spread around, you know, maybe bring a couple of players in if he's talking about securing a. You know, twelve or fifteen thousand pound a week deal, 
do you think there's any mileage in that or are you just happy he's, he's staying and you're not really bothered about what anyone else thinks? I think with Bogdan leaving this week, I think it was quite important to keep Fratley just in terms of having... Yeah, the um, experience. Yeah, experienced players. I was looking at the squad today. There's only 11 players in our squad who have played more than one season at championship level. Wow. Or above for even. So, I mean, that's excluding the likes of Clayton and Clough. So, yeah, I think it was important that we kept him just for in terms of having played at Premier League level and... He played well last year. I mean, before this season, I'd have not been bothered if he left. But I think the form he showed under Lennon was um, promising. So, yeah, it'd be good to see him stay if he does. Yeah, he's another one, isn't he, that he can he, he, he splits people down the middle a little bit because obviously there's merit in being a workhorse, but he's also he has a little flashes every now and then, a technical ability that make you wonder why he doesn't show it more often. I mean, uh, coming to you next, Mark, on this one, uh, it does look like he's going to stay. We don't know how long the contract is, but... As Rob said, surely having a bit of experience of this league and higher standard in, you know, in the side is only going to be a good thing. I agree. I mean, I think that ever since Stu Holden got injured, we've kind of been lacking in that whole box-to-box midfielder, yeah. uh, that, that part of the field. And we we had Jay Spearing, we had Meadow Kamara, but they were more always defensively focused. We didn't have somebody that could go from one end to the other, uh, mm-hmm. make a make a block on the defensive side, and then yeah. go and try a scorpion kick on at the other <laughs> end. <laughs> <laughs> and I think under Lennon, <laughs> under Lennon, he's been a total workhorse, and we miss that when he was injured. And Neil Dance can do a little bit of it here and there, but it's just not the same at all. And then don't get me started on Liam Trotter at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't want anyone to start on Liam Trotter because we, you know, we'd be here all day to be honest with you. But yeah, <laughs> I, I, I agree with you all. I think you're all right. Um, I, I'm glad he's staying. And although at the same time, the, the sort of time it took to debate it did make me think that well maybe it's something that we could do with spreading the cash elsewhere but no decisions made and I think we're all pretty happy with it and it's good to have a bit of continuity in the team someone that's a even a, a captaincy candidate dare I say um, given his experience and his obvious importance to the team as well. You took the words out of my mouth there because I've got a, I've got a piece coming up Monday I think about who could be potential captains next year and yeah. practically this one you never know Lennon could reward him for his loyalty with it it's like He's probably the most experienced starter, you know, experienced player who's guaranteed to start at thirty years old now. You know, Heskey and Good Johnson are candidates, but you know, you don't want him to start every game. So I'd, I'd say it's between him and Ream for the captain's armband next year. You know, unless he signs someone else to take it deliberately. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, well, on that particular topic, Rob, have you got a favourite for the captain's armband? Oof, um, <laughs> bit of a best of a bad bunch, isn't it? Um, oof, probably Ream, I'd guess. I mean, he's Mr. Consistency, isn't he? He won Player of the Year twice in a row just because he played every match. But um, I'd probably say Ream out of the people that are there now. Yeah, Mark, would you echo that? That's a tough one. And being the Tim Ream fanboy that I am, <laughs> I would say him. But he doesn't strike me as that kind of player, the kind of guy that gets all vocal and yells at his back line, you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. not sure it'd be no, him. I, but then I again, like would you have said that about... for it. Would you said that about Kevin Davies though before he got appointed captain? He wasn't really the shouty kind of type, and he ended up overseeing some of the uh, some of the sort of happier moments and some of the worst moments. You know, to, you know, you know in, to be fair to him, but he, he was a good captain, and he wasn't necessarily you know the type. If there is a type, I think that's a fair point. And he, who knows? Maybe the our man would make him be a little more authoritative. Yeah, I think. I think Reem would be the player who would like lead by example a bit more. It's like just his presence from being yeah. just always being on the pitch, and as Rob says, always being you know Mister Seven out of Ten. Just that that steady, dependable presence in the side who's like a calm and influence. So I could see it that way, but I do agree with Mark. I do think he's a bit more of an introverted character, which probably wouldn't suit it as much, especially when you think of who Lennon is and the type of character he is. You'd think he'd like Mills a more you know a more abrasive, more 
a bit more like Neil Lennon than yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. More character, you know, someone who shows his character a bit more and is a bit more outgoing that type. Of, but we don't have many of those now. Mills has gone. Like I said, no, that, I can't really think of any. We spoke actually didn't we, last week about the club maybe importing, uh, yeah, exactly, for the want of yeah. a better word, the, the sort of captain that we might want. Um, and we saw one deal fall through uh, for some of the potential that the Rotherham captain Craig Morgan, who of course chose chose Wigan. I'm not going to reference my uh, <laughs> somewhat controversial piece that I thought was was pretty obvious as being a bit the tongue in cheek daftness, but hey, um, can't account for anyone's taste, I suppose. It made me laugh, and, and that's all I'm really that interested in. But Morgan <laughs> signing for Wigan was a bit of a blow. Uh, Dan, we'll start with yourself on that one. Obviously, the news came, I think, on Thursday afternoon or Friday, and um, it took us all by surprise, but then word came out as well that the Bolton were maybe dragging the deal out a little bit, so perhaps Morgan was using Wanderers to let us leverage, or Wigan as leverage against Wanderers, you know, playing games, but overall, are you a bit disappointed that Morgan's not coming, or are you, you know, not really that bothered, to be honest? I can't say I, I, can't say I know enough about Morgan as a player, really, to be annoyed that we've lost him specifically. Mm. I, I've, I've got a feeling that Lennon might not have said he's not guaranteed the first place. You know, at the minute we've got Reem Baptiste, Wheater and Devit. So I don't think he's better than any of them, really. But so I think he probably, I think he's probably gone to Wigan because he's guaranteed to start there. And it is a good sign for Wigan actually, he's a League One player. But I think not specific. I'm not too bothered about losing him specifically. It's more we've lost a player to a League One side. What a player Lennon's been chasing before the season ended. And that must just be so infuriating for him. Yeah, I mean, Rob, to come to you next, it does show, doesn't it, that our be just being in the championship and having Lennon in charge is not necessarily everything. I mean, obviously, we're going to pay him a fair whack. I mean, some of the rumours that were going around at weekend were his best part of ten grand a week, which is probably about triple really? what he was on at Rotherham. It, it's it's massive money, and it's it's something that they can afford to do, obviously, because they've got the financial backing that we haven't got. Uh, but where do you stand on the on the Morgan issue? Are you, are you disappointed? Are you you know a bit more? Pragmatic about it, sort of move on and, and crack on. Yeah, let's move on. Um, I don't want us to be signing crap Rotherham players for 10k a week, to be honest. Um, yeah. We've got better players at the club. I think Dervit's a better player than him, even though he wasn't that good at the end of last year. I think we could, I'd rather see Throw Keldon Taylor given a chance and see if they're good enough. Definitely. I don't think, I don't think Morgan's good enough for us. Definitely. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. Uh, Mark, I mean, from, from your perspective, I mean, we've spent years giving average players pots of money. I think it's you know, not necessarily a bad thing that we've chosen to take the opposite tack with, with Morgan. Would you agree? I do. And I think he's he might be almost like a Beckford type in that the championship might be a step too far for him, but League One might be too low for him. He, yeah. He's won promotion from that league twice. I think it was with Peterborough and then Rotherham, obviously. Correct. And he's always gone back down. A bit of a yo-yo player. Yeah, and I mean, that's true. Yeah, that's true. He's not got necessarily got the pedigree that, uh, you know, of, of a David Wheater, for example, or even a Matt Mills. Uh, he, he, at 29, I think he is. He's a relative newcomer to the championship. So he, I don't think his signing is, is disappointing, obviously. And, and I think more for the fact that we've lost him to Wigan than we've lost him at all. You know, as disappointing as that is, it maybe gives us a bit of an idea as to where we stand in the world still. The, the sort of good name and the reputation that we enjoyed coming down from the Premier League, you know, those days have long gone now. Absolutely long gone. But that's very interesting. I did a little bit of, in, um, sorry, go ahead. I did a little bit of reading on Morgan too, just because I, I also didn't know too much about him. And what was interesting to me is that he's actually a little smaller than Tim Ream in terms of height, but he's something like 30 pounds heavier. Wow. I, I had no idea he was that small. He doesn't look it on any fours or anything. He, that's yeah, that's, that's good. from everything I've seen. He's six feet, six one, give or take. But then, if you look at David Weeder, Weeder's six four, six five, I think. Yeah, yeah. And he weighs fifteen pounds less than Morgan. 
So I don't know if that's a, a statement on our guys or whether Morgan is that heavy. I think right. when we talked to the Rotherham fan about Pringle and Morgan, didn't he say Morgan was like very slow? So that well, I'm not surprised. The fat get I'm not surprised. <laughs> he's out that round. No, it, our our team is not necessarily the most quick and, and nippy anyway. So if we're going to be bringing in some. Uh, some fellow who, who runs in the, in the manner of Liam Trotter, then I think yeah we, we may have uh, we may have dodged a bullet there a little bit. That's very interesting, Mark. And, and you know doing a little bit of research like that, you'll fit in well around here because we didn't do any any at all. <laughs> very very interesting. And it, these have really been the only rumours worth talking about to be honest, because it has yet again been a, a fairly quiet week. I know there's been some interesting and significant developments in terms of players going out, but players coming in, it's been reasonably quiet. Medine's still not done. Um, Mark Isles obviously was, was tweeting earlier on today about how it is a done deal, but we've nothing confirmed yet, so we don't know for sure. Uh, but this morning in the paper, Liam Moore was linked with a move to Wanderers. Uh, obviously, the, um, he's at Leicester at the moment in time. He's only 22. Um, but on the subject of height, he's 6'1". I'm doing a bit of research myself before taking your inspiration. Um, he's only played 60 games for Leicester, but he's played 12 games for England under 21s. Um, Dan, do you know anything about him? I remember he's not had much of a chance in the Premier League, I don't think, but I do remember him in the Championship. I think he's always played second fiddle to like Wes Morgan, and that's right. I'm not even going to try and pronounce the Paul accent name, but um, Vasilevsky. Is that it? There you go. Better than me. It's but, a lot um, like mine. Well, try, I'll yeah, tell you what then. I'll tell you what then. Try and pronounce Mark's surname. Let's oh, have a little competition. <laughs> yes, God's sake. Yes, <laughs> I'm only joking. I'm only joking. Mark, why? If you look at I it, and we, sound I it out. You'll get it. Mark, exactly. Exactly. Break, break it down. Yeah. I know Morgan. I know Morgan made 30 appearances as captain. I think didn't he in the, the league title winning season yeah. last year. But only 14 appearances, according to Wiki. Anyway, only 14 appearances in total last season. So obviously, he probably found the step up to but, the Premier League a bit tough. But from what I know about him, he's a big, powerful lad. Yeah. He's quick on the turn, and like he's only 22, so he's got a bit of a future ahead of him. Dan. Yeah, from what I know, I from what I've seen of him and what I've heard, I think he's a very good player, and I think he'd fit in. He's like he's a bit more mobile than perhaps apart from Reem. Obviously, he's probably a bit more mobile than the defenders we have. I think he'd be definitely be one I'd like to see come in, even if it's just you know Lennon said he didn't want to rely on loans. But if we got him for a season, just you know to add one more player into the centre back position, then I'd definitely take it because I think he has got a lot of potential really. And a, a season in the Championship, playing all year could do him a world of good. So hopefully, and obviously Lennon with his Leicester connections might be able to get something moving. Yeah, there. no, that's very true. I mean, I, I can't say I really know too much about it myself. I don't think I really remember seeing him play against us either. But it's interesting, isn't it, that we've got. Um, we've said no, or we've been said no too in terms of Morgan. But then we've got this young 22-year-old lad from Leicester possibly coming in. I think it's a good idea to to parachute in players maybe considered not good enough from elsewhere. And it will come to that later on in the academy uh, in, in more detail. But I think it's interesting that we're we're taking that approach now, and I think it's a very sensible one because they're very they've obviously progressed through the academies, played for England under 21, so he's no mug. And it not being good enough for a Premier League side it, these days is absolutely no shame whatsoever. And I think there's a real market. Uh, and I'll come to you, Rob, to see what you think about that in a sec. I think there's a real market for that kind of player. Every year, Chelsea, City, United, Liverpool, they hoover up all the best young talent, and every year they leave on freeze. Why shouldn't we go through that list and, and pick out the best young players in the country that are not quite good enough for the Premier League, but I'm damn sure they'd be better than Rob Hall or they'd be better than Feeney? You know, just yeah, to pick exactly. on two, two people off the top of my head, um, do you think there's any merit in that, Rob? Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, if you look at the list of players that are being released by Premier League clubs this year, there's quite a few out there who haven't really had a chance at big teams and will be hungry to come and play, I think. So, like Tom Thorpe at um, 
United. He was touted earlier in the season as um, stepping up into the first team when the likes of, um, I think it was Tyler Blackett and Paddy McNair went into the United That's team. Right. Um, and he was under 21, he was United's under 21's captain as well. So he's obviously a decent player and he's available. And I don't think he'd ask for loads of money. And then obviously Ben Amos as well is another one who's not had a chance. So I think it's definitely an option there to go through and look at players who are available. They're not going to break the bank, are they, either? No, definitely. And that, that's, that's what's, sometimes that's more important, I guess, isn't it? Um, I think tapping into the low market from the Premier League clubs as well. So people like Liam Moore and some of the lads think Everton, they've got a couple of left backs who might be available on loan, haven't they, as well? So yeah, people like them, yeah. definitely worth looking at too. No, very true. Uh, I think hopefully now, we'll, now the club are back, the manager's back from his holidays and, and people are cracking on. We'll start seeing a few deals announced. We can start bumping that squad up a little bit. But that's great for now, lads. We'll just uh, have a short break. Um, I want it to attach the toilet. And then we'll uh, we'll crack on with the next segment. So bear with us. We'll be back in a moment. All right, everybody. Welcome back to Love Pod 15. I'm still Chris and I'm still joined by Dan, Rob and Mark. Okay, so in segment two, uh, we're going to talk about fixtures. Obviously, fixtures come out next week, I think. Wanderers have announced a few pre-season friends as well. We've spoken at, at length in a previous pod about those. We're not going to tread over all ground there. I don't think we mentioned the fact, or I don't think we released the pod in time for the, the, the confirmation that we're playing Chievo um, at the final pre-season friendly at home. That'll be a good one. Uh, as a fan of Italian uh, football, Serie A from the mid-90s, the, the early 2000s, I'm all up on Kievo, the flying donkeys. But are you lads aware of anything? And, and feel free just to shout out if you do, but if you don't, then fine, we'll just move on. I believe the... Isn't the book A Season with Verona about Kievo? Oh, please say oh, something about Kievo, not Hellas. That's the other one. Yeah, yeah. That's in my top three football books of all time. Yeah, I need one. to read it's that. Absolutely brilliant. And I can't find it anywhere on a Kindle version. It's so if anyone can help me out... Oh. It's a Kindle version, but it's about 25 quid, something like that. It's ridiculous. So if anyone can help me out, get in touch, and uh, I'll buy you a pint in return. Um, Rob, <laughs> anything to contribute with Kievo? Are you, would you be going to the game, do you think, make the trip up? Uh, not from London, probably not, no. Um, <laughs> I know they've got Alberto Paloski, he's a bit of a former Champman legend. Correct. That's about all I know about them, to be honest. Yeah, fair dues. Yeah. I know yeah, Paloski, is, is, he, he made his debut for Milan when he was about 16 and scored, and he was the next yeah. big thing, and then he, he basically disappeared into nothingness, hence... Uh, Hence going back out. There's not True. really many players in there um, no. in the team actually that we could maybe name. Um, Poloski probably one of the most famous ones. Uh, Sergio Polissier has been there for a hundred years. Um, Volta Besa, he played he played for Slovenia today against England. The only two I recognised when I was looking for it to write the article was two players who were alone. Giantist Fatfer Zendis, who's like was once a Greek prodigy but turned shit. Fet Fasidis. Yeah, that one. Fet Fasidis. <laughs> <laughs> and then Shilato, Shilato, who was on loan from Inter. So the only two That's players right. I knew were on loan. But I tell you something, I was looking, I was looking through the squad. They have about thirty odd players out on loan this that last year. Yeah. So Christ knows who we who will, who will be playing us. But I'm quite happy. I'm, I, I always like I always like seeing who we play on these friendlies. We've had some interesting opposition recently like with Vitesse, Betis, Barca B in recent years. Unfortunately, I won't be able to go again because I'll be on holiday. But I, I'm really looking forward to seeing how that game goes. Be good to get a, a serious scalp before the season Definitely. starts. Definitely. Definitely. I'm looking forward to going. So I know they've got um, Gambarini. Gambarini plays them as well. He used to play for Fiorentina. He was one of my favourite players in the, again, from the early 2000s of following Serie A. And also Albano Bizarri, former Real Madrid goalkeeper. Uh, I think he must be pushing on 40. Yeah. I think he only played like three or four times for, uh, for Real Madrid. But he's a name you used to remember from uh, Championship Manager 2000. One of the best games of all time. Um, but no, it's interesting, isn't it? But um, <laughs> on to 
the the league fixtures. Um, we won't know the uh, the name of the opponent in a good few days yet. But I just thought it'd be interesting just to ask you all. Uh, start with you, Mark. Uh, first first game and last game. Obviously, we know it's likely going to be Burnley first game and Birmingham last game. <laughs> uh, judging from re- recent years, but um, you know, if you could make, write your own script, I guess. You know, where would you start? Where would you have Wanderers finishing? Where would we be raising the title on the last day? <laughs> I think I'd like to start at Burnley just because I want to get one of those teams that are freshly relegated that might still have shell shock like we did and then maybe finish off at Preston. It'd be nice to finish off locally, you know? Yeah, I think that's going to be a pop- going to be a popular one. I do have to say that I'm going to miss our customary 2-2 draw against Blackpool at some point. <laughs> uh, we never know. We might get them in the cup. You'd hope it wouldn't be uh, it wouldn't be going for two apiece on that one. Uh, Dan, what, 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 you know, who do you prefer? To echo... What Mark said about Preston, I'd actually like to start the season with Preston just to get the inevitable Jermaine Beckford winner out of the way, <laughs> out of the way nice and early, just so it doesn't hang around like some bad smell. Just get it out of the way. We, we know, it, we know, we all know it's coming, so I may as well just get it over with. But um, yeah, I'd quite like Preston away. I think I like I like away days for the first day of the season. It just, they just feel more get more. They just feel happier. Like uh, well, until the game actually starts. I remember last season we played Watford on the first day, and literally ten seconds in, Dean Moxie did a shit back it back pass, and they <laughs> went through on goals like, oh, <laughs> we're back. <laughs> yeah, it sets the tone for the season, doesn't it? Either, yes. either positive or negative, and and it can always be a good thing. Um, have you been to Deepdale before? I've not. No, um, bit, they've always been in League One from. Well, they've always been below us when I've been since I've been supporting. Yeah, it's a tidy little ground. I highly recommend it. Rob, your turn. From a selfish perspective, I'd like to play anyone in London just so I can go. Not bothered who, but maybe Millwall. Just funny going to Millwall. League One. Um, and then oh, are they I got relegated, didn't they? <laughs> oh, <that's a> shame. <laughs> 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 Won't go to Millwall then. Um, yeah, anyone in London. I don't really care who. Um, and then play Burnley. At home on the last se- last day of the season, so we can relegate them with Wigan. <laughs> Jesus, I think that's gonna, that. yeah, that's a, that's an interesting one. I think I, I definitely echo the Preston home or away. Obviously, I live in Preston, so it's easier for the away one. Um, but I just dread to think that we'll play Preston at home and Kevin Davies won't be part of the game in some way. Oh, yeah. um, you know, if they're struggling in the league and they, they don't, you know, he's not maybe scoring any goals or anything like that. I can see them maybe not even having him on the bench. You know, if they, if they reinforce the striking options, I've already signed Beckford. Um, you know, I just can't imagine that break my heart if they came to to the Reebok and didn't bring Davo with them. It'd break my heart. So I'd start off with Preston, and I think I'd finish. I'd finish with Birmingham at home again, <laughs> but this time, this time, it'd be them going down properly. It would be us scoring in the last minute to send them down, and Lee Clark will be back in charge. Little prediction. You know what? I, I I see Birmingham pushing for playoffs this year with Gary Wood. You know. If they I know it's I, it is a bit a bit tongue in cheek. He is he is doing a good job down yeah. there, and he's managed to uh, to reverse Lee Clark's alcohol fueled mistake that he brought into the club. <laughs> Absolute fucking chancer. That there's, a, there's a beep. Yeah. <laughs> do you guys? Do any of you guys know the last time we actually won on the final day of the season? Oh, I can't recall. Oh. No, because we used to always draw unless we won. Like let's long time. let me try and let me try and think. Bloody hell! Probably oh, we Birmingham two one a few years ago when someone invaded the pitch just as a woman hugged Joe Hart. Oh, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> no, I remember. I remember that one. Yeah, Even yeah, yeah. That, 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 that must, Kevin Davis scored. I think that must be four four years ago, five years. It was ago. the year we. It was the year we got to the FA Cup final. No, semi final. Bloody hell! Semi final. Ahead of myself. That's, so twenty eleven and two thousand eleven. Bloody hell! Yeah, it's wow, not, it's not been good. I think for the last day, I think I'd like 
I think Huddersfield away because we took like loads of Huddersfield away last year. Um, this last year, didn't we? Didn't we take like six players and something like that? Yeah, it's very, so, we had a, it was a Christmas fixture, wasn't it? So it was yeah. really easy to get, really easy to get to. Um, you, you can get the train there, can't you? And do the ale trail on the way, which is always yeah. a good laugh. Any, anywhere, you, anywhere that we'll take loads of fans to, I'd like that for away day. Just like the last away day of the season, just because it'd be fun. Just get those people down there. I remember going to Tranmere away. Sorry, Mark, I just had a quick look, and um, twenty ten eleven, we actually lost to City two nothing. Oh God! It was it was on nine ten that we beat from. Jesus, right, it's six cool. years ago. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's so yeah, well, that's it. that's another another indicative proportion of how poorly we've been uh, been treated last few years in terms of the football on offer, isn't it? I mean, Birmingham this year, I didn't go to that one on holiday, but really, really drab affair, according to everybody involved. Oh, it was awful. Oh, I got to edit that out because we had a complaint about swearing this week, didn't we? We did, and Tony, Tony, I know you're listening. Tony, you're one of my favourite tweeters. I think you're you're, you're a good lad. Um, and we're sorry for swearing. Please don't stop listening to us. We need all the listeners we can get. But no, that's very interesting. I think we're all in. Uh, got some interesting ideas there, and the inevitable one, where it's just someone really piss boring, like MK Dons away, yeah. last game of the season, where nobody will go because it's too far away. Nobody cares. I'll yeah, be there. So we embrace that. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be Rob and, and a few people on a minibus. Yeah, on his own. <laughs> Me and a sweet flag. We're going to force you to take with you and, and make. But that's dead interesting. Well, we're gonna we're not gonna have a little break because it's only a very short segment that one, and we're gonna dive straight into the third. Is it the third or the fourth? Yes, yes, who of the season? Um, we've had absolutely. I'll be honest with you. We've had absolutely no feedback as whether people like it or not. And so basically, I like it. So we're gonna do it, and we're gonna carry on. Um, so if you don't like it, let us know. If you do like it, let us know. And if you're indifferent, don't waste your time. But I'm gonna hand over to my lovely assistant Daniel Murphy, who's over there in the corner by the wheel of fortune. Uh, he's going to talk us through Guess Who and let you know the rules in case you've never played Guess Who in your life. Done. Yeah, so you, you regular listeners will probably, hopefully, know by now the, the gist of this, but to any potential new listeners out there, basically, it's not a very hard game. All you need, I'm going to read out, I've got eight clues this week, so I'm going to read out eight clues that allude to the identity of a former Bolton Wanderers player and these the three players, Rob, Mark and Christopher, have got three guesses each to guess who it is, and when when they think they know who it is, they've got to shout out their name. So I know who's. So, so we don't want any of those dubious decisions like we had on the first edition when I couldn't tell who'd said it. There was nothing dubious about that. I won that. There was yeah, nothing dubious yeah. about that. Fair, fair play. <laughs> what I was going to say as well, just before we go in, is, is if people can tweet us, let us know how many clues it took you to answer this correctly. Just so we can get an idea as to whether the two is too difficult, like I think it is, or whether it's too easy, like Dan thinks it is. So oh. if you can, if you can let us know how you get on at home, we'd be very interested yeah. to find out. Dan, sorry, back over. No, it's fine. Well, I think this week's quite hard. So let's uh, see how you get on. Yeah, let's First, crack on. Well, who am I? I was born on the eighteenth of November, nineteen seventy-eight. Okay. Nothing so far. Okay. I played for 17 clubs in my 19-year career, including Real Madrid, Benfica, AC Milan, Olympiacos, and Real Sociedad, to name but a few. Chris. This is Mark. I've got this. Chris. Julio Cesar. No, for yeah. fuck's sake. Ah. <laughs> no. Why is it so easy? Oh, I thought it was hard. Oh, yes. I'm annoyed. Oh, man, you've, yes. blast, you've blasted the record. Was uh, that what you was going to say, Mark? Yeah. Oh. Honestly, like, the year was throwing me off, but the number of clubs had me. 
Oh, yeah, there's only a few people. Go on, let's have the rest of the clues no. and we'll just uh, we'll we'll see what we would have done. But yeah, yeah that's a good I'm, one. That I'm one. I, I've just killed that segment, haven't I? No, it's I've fine. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> I thought that was hard, and um, just the sec the third clue probably would have given it away, even though I share a name with a more well-known Brazilian footballer. Look, in hindsight, probably not and the most. Roman general from yeah, the uh, BCU. Yeah, I wasn't sure what that was historically, so I didn't go with it. But anyway, my transfer to Bolton was one of those which the Stevens report in 2007 expressed concerns about. I have no idea what that is. Dodgy deals. When playing in Mexico, I scored a goal in a game dubbed the Az- Aztecazo, a game which saw my team overcome a 3-1 loss in the home leg against Club America by winning 4-1 in the away leg. I've won nine trophies in my career, including the Champions League, even though he wasn't in the squad, Austrian League, Mexican League and the Greek League twice. In 2013, I was signed by Toronto FC after playing nearly 60 games for Sporting Kansas City. But I was released after not even playing a game. I'm sure Mark will know all too well about being yep, a resident American. He was very good for sporting. And when Toronto signed him, it was a surprise. And then it was during their awful years. I think that they started that season with 10 losses in a row or something like that. Jesus. Was that when Aaron Winter, was Aaron Winter their manager at that time? I don't think so. Um, I think they, they brought Ryan Nelson in at that point. Okay. Oh, yeah. And then the final clue, I was a centre-back and played only five games for Bolton. I saw him score his goal away at Yeovil. I remember it very, very clearly. Ben Haim, I think Ben Haim made his debut that day as well. I could be wrong in thinking that, but it certainly rings a bell. Right. Well, no, that's a good one, Dan. I'm, no, I'm happy with that. I'm, I'm, I'll add to my uh, my undefeated streak so far, I oh, think, yeah. maybe. <laughs> no, that's and, bad. I'm going to have to think of some really obscure one for next week it, now. In, in a couple of weeks, we'll turn the tables and I'll uh, I'll, I'll propose one. And you oh, can see okay. how you fare. I only say that because I know that probably the last, like, it's not someone from the last, like, four or five years that you might struggle. But I just want, <laughs> I, I, I just want to listen to you square. So we'll, we'll see. But that's brilliant. Thanks very much for taking part. And again, if anybody at home guessed sooner, quicker than me, you're lying. But you, you just get in, get in touch and, and let us know how you did. We'd be interested to see whether, uh, whether we're all as sad as I am about knowing these obscure names from the past. Uh, but again, we're having a short toilet break uh, and we'll be back when we'll be talking about the Academy and the recent news regarding the downgrading. So stay where you are. We'll be back in a moment. OK, welcome back. We're still here with uh, with Dan, Mark, Rob and myself. We just had another game of Guess Who. A um, little bit of an underwhelming one with the absolute thrashing victory that I took. Spoilt the game, spoilt the whole segment, but what can I say? I took the win. Uh, <laughs> We're going to be talking about the academy now. Obviously, Line of the Week broke the news uh, early on in the week that Wanderers have decided to, but well, taken the decision to downgrade their academy status from Category One, which is the highest level you can get, to Category Two. Um, the primary reason behind that is it's going to save upwards of a million pound a season uh, to operate because the, the Category One standard demands that you have a certain number of coaches, support staff, facilities on 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 site at the club. You know, in terms of analysis and support, etc. Uh, and most importantly is the number of hours that each coach devotes to uh, to training the academy product. Obviously, there's been some strong opinions either way about this. Some people have responded thinking it's a sign of our lack of ambition, especially in the light of the recent years with Clough, Walker, Vela, etc. Uh, being promoted from the academy. But others have been a bit more pragmatic, saying that, look, it, you know, we don't need to be spending all this money. And despite the fact that these have had these promotions from the academy in the last 12 months or so, over the last 10 years, who have we really brought through? Um, which is a view that I, I subscribe to personally. But we'll come to you all in turn. Uh, starting with Rob, uh, after the news broke on, on the website, 
what was your first reaction and did that reaction change in, as the passing of time and you know as more information came to light yeah I think the first reaction was oh here we go we're, we're crap on the pitch and now we're crap off the pitch as well but um yeah. I don't really know how much million pounds is for Bolton without really understanding like where things are at finances but um having a look into it I think there are positives to it. So one of the problems with the category one is you have to have a certain amount of coaches to players at the youth level. And now moving down a level means that Lennon can have a bit more control on how players are coached and who coaches them, that kind of stuff. And I think also we do have, we still have a really good infrastructure and really good training facilities and people like David Lee and Jimmy Phillips coaching these guys. But I think the other big thing as well is these kids were playing against teams like United and City and Chelsea who have absolutely massive um, wage budget, well, sorry, youth budgets. So like City, for example, have like an £8 million a year budget. So you can't really compete. So they're playing against people who are much better than them. And it's really apparently it was affecting their performances because of that. So if they drop down level and play against teams like Forest and Ipswich and teams like that, then maybe they'll have a bit better chance of winning in games and they'll have a bit more confidence from that as well. So I think yeah, there are positives to it as well. Definitely, definitely. I mean, and did your did your position change at any point over the over the you know, the days since when it maybe the dust settled a little bit and you you could maybe reflect on it as a as a as a reasonable thing to do, a sensible thing to do almost. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think at first I was a bit like, oh, here we go. But I think yeah, I think there's definitely I think it's definitely positives. I think I had a bit of a look at it and thought maybe it gives kids a bit of a better chance to actually progress through Bolton. But then are we going to lose out? We actually get a kid who's really good, like Zach Clough, for example. Yeah. Are teams like United and City going to step in and say we're just going to pay pittance for him? That's the big problem with it, I think. That's it. It's, it's seventy-one thousand five hundred pound compensation, isn't it? Rather than uh, yeah. category one compensation, which I think is about three times that. But uh, I, I don't think it's a disaster myself either. I mean, the likes of Birmingham, Leeds, Crew, etc. Et uh, they're not category one, uh, and their you know, their youth academies are a lot more prolific than ours. Yeah. Um, so it's really not. I don't think it's the end of the world. But Dan. Same question to you. What was your initial response and has that position softened since? Yeah, yeah. Much like Rob, my initial reaction was one of a negative one. It was very much a sad one because as a Bolton fan in recent years, I've not had a lot of things to be prideful about and be happy about. But the academy has been one, even though they've only started producing this year, we've all known for the past four or five seasons that our academy is good and that players are going to start appearing sooner, hopefully. Well, if it had been a decent margin charge, they would have been in the team for a couple of seasons now. Josh Feller made his debut in the Premier League for fuck's sake and he's only just like started being in the team this mm. year. It is mental. Yeah. So it was like to think that the Academy was one of the one things we could be prideful about and then knowing that not even that was safe from our horrendous financial situation was quite a sad thing for me. But I think, as Rob says, um over over the last few days I actually read a good piece from Mark Eyes in the Bolton News this morning actually, which said like why it's not you know, explain. You know, being a bit more um, pragmatic about it and explaining. You know, explaining the details and a bit more and that type of stuff. And I think, yeah, as, as Rob said, everything Rob said, it's like there's not, it's not. There is some positive to it, and I think, I just think, as long as, as some details said that it doesn't necessarily just because the requirements are lowered, it doesn't necessarily mean the standards will lower as such. I think as long as, and I think as a lot of the articles have been like saying not a lot of things will change obviously some savings will be made and that because we don't need to pay as much obviously to yeah. be um standard what is it standard status one or whatever That's so right. i think as long as the level of the level of you know, the quality of coaching and the emphasis on youth remains the same level 
then I don't think a lot will change. As some have said, there hasn't been that many youth academies through. It's not as it's not it's not since McAteer and Stubbs that we've really produced our own players until now. So whilst it is sad to see, as soon as it started to pay off, the academy, you know, a lot of seemingly funding has been cut. But I think I don't think the funding will be as I don't think it is as cut as dry. I don't think emphasis will be taken off it. I think the club will still because we've got nothing else now. Really, we don't have funds to bring in players. They'll bring in quality players, so we're going to have to produce our own. So I, I do think the club will still concentrate on it. I don't think it is as doom and gloom as it first appeared. Fair enough. Um, Mark, over in the States, obviously you, you, you were checking the website every single day. What would it be in the primary source of Bolton Wanderers news for the entire known <laughs> universe? Um, but again, I'm just, going to, I'm just going to repeat the same question to you. I mean, what, what did you think and, and what do you think today? I mean, you want your team to be the best at everything and having the top academy status was a point of pride but at the same time the academy's a big gamble how long have we gone without producing talent before this last season or so very true i mean we we had like dan said josh vela came in in the premier league and then kind of he had injury problems and then joe riley before him but i think i can count the number of good games that joe riley had on one hand before we sold him coach my one finger exactly I, I was trying to be nice here. <laughs> <laughs> a diplomatic answer. I mean, so, I mean, that's a lot of money that you're throwing, you're kind of throwing away on the chance that maybe one of those players comes good. And like like you mentioned before, you've got those other teams like the Crews and um, the Leeds that produce players without being top class, you know? So we might still get those players coming through. And we've got a good crop right now. And because we don't have that great in our academy, they're not going to fall off right away. So we've got some in the pipeline. And if the money that we save does go towards the first team and could help us get promotion, there's always funds later on that could bring the academy back to that top status. Absolutely. And I think just just to sort of give my two pennies there, and I think think you're all right. And I've said already that it's... I don't think it's a disaster by any stretch. I think it's quite sensible. Um, there's nothing to say that you can't reinstate it. And I think that if we if we start to find our fortunes increasing, obviously then the, the need to produce your own players as you get in the Premier League and what have you, saves your money on buying them yourself. Then it, it, again, it becomes a, a realistic, sensible, and probably the only option that we can really take. Um, and so yeah, I, I see I see it as being a, a necessary measure to take at this minute in time. I can understand why people are frustrated. People, you know, tell you know, tweeting back saying, "Well, why is the chairman taking away his money or whatever he take, whatever he gets out of the club as a salary when, you know, we could cut funding from that? Would he really suffer a, a, pay, a pay decrease to divert funds into the app? And it seems reasonable, you know. There's all sorts of measures that we could take, but the most important thing, after all, of course, is to get success back on the pitch, and we don't have to worry about where, you know, where we'll find a million quid. Getting the Premier League with its 120 million pound per team TV deal. And you can you can divert one two three million pounds to the academy. You don't see that as a as a big drop. I just hope that the money is going to be saved, but it's all it's still going to be spent. And like you said, I think it was Robbie said it when it becomes more of a of a dead cert thing. You can't gamble on the academy. Sorry, it was Mark. Um, you can't gamble on the academy because you know you, you might get one you might get one player every five years or one player every ten years. You know, in some cases, there's just no guaranteed response. And paying this money every year doesn't guarantee a response. We've had category one status for three or four years. We've only had maybe three or four players who've played more than five games for us out in all that time. And forgive me if I'm wrong, but I don't think we've sold any players we brought through the academy for, for you know to, to reinvest that money. There like is other clubs one. Have. There is one player we've got a profit on, and that was Kyle Bartley, now of Swansea. 
who we sold to Arsenal in 2007. So one player we've had profit from. from that's the right. That's right. We got. I think we got a million mil. His mum works with my mum, funnily enough. And I remember her telling me the story at the time. I think we got something like a million pound compensation uh, from Arsenal. So yeah, fair enough. So that's one one player that we've received some reasonable money for. Otherwise, it's been free transfers, hasn't it? It's been people that we signed, even the likes of Obadiah, Mark Connolly. You know, there's probably a couple of million quid outlay on players that we've had nothing back. Uh, and it all comes back to Bogdan as well, doesn't it? We've seen enough players leave for nothing. It's about time we started being a bit smarter in uh, in who we sign and why we sign them and for how long as well, let's not forget. Uh, but no, that's great. Um, what we're going to do um, is we're just going to have a, a tiny break, I think, for a moment or two, and we'll come back with the Twitter question of the week. So bear with us. We'll be two seconds. Okay, everybody, welcome back to the final segment of uh, Love Pod 15, uh, where we're going to be discussing the Twitter question of the week, which was the straightforward, do you agree with the club's decision to downgrade the academy status? Uh, we'll r- rattle through these at a fair old pace, and we'll let you all uh, leave for the evening from this confined chamber in which we record the pod. Stephen Garner at Grandpa Garner, it's sad, but we have to realise we're not a premiership club now. You cut your cloth to suit uh, thoughts that I think we all echo there. Andy Platt at Bolton Platt. Not the right thing for the long-term future of the club, but could make the difference in keeping us financially solvent. I'd hope it's the first thing that would change if and when we ever got some cash. So echoing my uh, my thoughts exactly there about the reinstatement of it. Uh, at, uh, Chris Merrill's at C Merrill's BWFC. Short term, if it gives us more scope for transfers, but would hope it would be upgraded once promoted or a takeover happens. Uh, Jake Mitchell at Jake US Mitchell. No, they obviously don't have a choice. That's the one good thing Bolton have always had. Marcus Myrie, uh, not making enough first-team players and £1 million is a steady amount in our position. Very true. Uh, Joe Norris, regular contributor um, at Colmrad Wanderer. Of course they are. Name me one decent player it's ever produced. Far better to buy more Liam Trotters. I think I'm detecting a tongue-in-cheek uh, in that tone there. Uh, Matt Wood, at Matt underscore Wood, 34. The only worry I can see is Clough leaving on a free. The money saved might be lost on his tribunal fee. Um, that's a slightly different issue, but, but valid nonetheless. Um, compensation we've discussed already is quite is, is significantly decreased, uh, maybe for the next clough rather than the uh, the one and only at the moment. Uh, Hauvener, at BDSC Hauvener, the timing is all wrong. This could be a very expensive mistake. Mm, time will tell. Uh, Matthew Pryor, at the Matthew Pryor, it makes sense to save the money. Hopefully they can still give the training uh, the youth the training they need to push on, though. Something we all agree. Um, we're going to come back. I'll we'll just finish off with a couple of comments on the website as well. Um, a lot of people have been getting involved in the comment sections. Um, I'm not sure if everyone knows that you can actually do that, but it's, it's sparking some really good debate on, on, a, on a good number of articles. So if you're not registered on the site, just log in and choose yourself a, a witty username or don't, or choose your own name like me, um, and, and get, you know, dive in, get involved. Uh, Rob Moss, perhaps most things will stay the same but just a match analysis room will be canned. All we know is the status has been downgraded and there are a set of requirements for each status. We don't know by how much we're currently exceeding the requirements for Cap 1 and we don't know what will be cut back now we're downgrading to Cap 2, if anything. Uh, it's a very true. Uh, our very own Quentin X. Systemic failure at the top leads to our final bright spot being mostly snuffed out. I can understand the need for cost-cutting, I really can. However, the reality of balancing the book shouldn't come at the expense, expense of the long-term future of the club, which is what this is doing. Uh, I think we all know who I blame. Well, that's a, a, a familiar thread there, Clinton's comments there, and I, and I think we all know who he's talking about there. Uh, Danny MV, so we can't hold on to our current players, nor spend on new ones, nor keep our most promising youth players. What's the difference between our road and that of now League 2 Portsmouth? In the words of Noel Coward, there are bad times just around the corner. 
anyone who thinks this is a recipe for success is a fool. So, uh, quite a few contrasting opinions there, lads. Um, and, and again, I think we've, we've covered most ground on this one, but it's definitely an emotive subject because throughout the time we've all been supporting the club, they've always prided themselves on having you know, a, a decent youth academy. And we don't know what this brings, do we? We really don't know what the future will bring. Um, but thanks, everyone, for the, twi- the tweets and the comments. Um, we'll have a bit of a think in the next day or two and set another question for next week. Normally, we we'll like to have it in, in the bag for now. Um, but to be honest with you, I, I was out yesterday. I, I've not really decided anything about anything. I barely even got myself dressed this morning, so that's about it. Um, but I just want to finish, um, since we've got our US expert on, um, which is no slight against Dennis, of course, but we'll, uh, we'll turn Mark to be the US expert at the moment. Uh, we've had a few tweets lately about Stu. Um, you may remember him, Stuart Holden. He's a footballer who once played for Bolton Wanderers. Can you give us any sort of updates or any kind of indications of what he's up to at this minute in time? Does he look like he's, he's going to be returning to the field of play uh, in the near future, whether that's at Bolton or elsewhere, Mark? Well, I mean, I would hope so. I loved Stuart Bolton, but I don't think he's really given any indication about his recovery or anything like that. He's been on TV a lot here doing commentary and pregame and postgame for the Women's World Cup and then doing analysis on... Well, he's doing that on Fox, and then he's doing analysis on football world in general for ESPN on their show. So he's kind of all over the place. And I know he just got married this last weekend. So his life's kind of busy right now. Mm-hmm. But he did a Twitter uh, Q&A not that long ago. And I asked him what what was the status about anything. And he said that he had talked to Neil Lennon when Lennon first took over. And I guess that's where it was left. So if, if I guess if Holden can prove his fitness, he could come back. I wonder if he'll return for preseason this year. I think... I don't know if he feels he's ready or not yet, but I think he's got one. I think he knows himself. Obviously, I'm not going to be claim to be a mind reader or anything, but I think he's probably got one more shot at it to come back. You know what I mean? So I think he's not going to rush it, obviously. But I think it's been at least two years now since we've seen him properly. Three, I think it's three, isn't it? Like yeah. So mm. I think this summer might be the time. It'd be imagine if he came back for pre-season. That's like the Bolton Twitter just be all enigmatic say, look, he's here for training this summer, show his boots and then a picture of him this summer. The buzz that would just create around everyone just for the for the season return and everything. That'd be really cool. But as Mark says, I, I, he just he just doesn't seem like, he doesn't seem like he needs to risk it anymore. He's got like a really good career going with all his the football analysis and stuff like that. He doesn't really need to risk another injury, but I, just, I, I hope he does. Cause I, I absolutely love him so much. Uh, I agree completely. And I'm not sure what a love dog thinks about things, but obviously wants to chip in at some point there. But, I think we're all on the same page. We'd love to see him back. I think we all, we all know we all know it's not really a possibility, is it? And like you say, he's got a pretty sweet life over there with his supermodel wife, and and he's you know living in a lovely part of the world, watching football, getting paid for it, without having to risk spending the rest of his life in a wheelchair because his knees are knackered, you know. So fair dues. Um, but one final point, Mark, was on Tim Ream. Um, I noticed he's been called up for the Gold Squad, uh, Gold Cup Squad. Yeah, so he's been called up to the provisional Gold Cup squad. And basically, Klinsman called up 35 guys. He's going to cut it to 23 sometime before the opening game. I don't know when exactly the cut is. But Ream is one of six center backs that got called up. So he's got a lot of competition there, including Matt Beasler, John Brooks, and Omar Gonzalez, who all played at the World Cup last summer. And Klinsman definitely sees him in a central position, not at the left back like Bolton does. I just see him getting cut. He just doesn't. He doesn't seem to like um, um, championship players. Klinsman really does it, and it's devastating because I obviously don't know too much about America. And they've been doing really well recently. Haven't they? Didn't they beat Holland? I don't know what score the Germany game was. Germany, yeah, beat, beat Germany one. Beat Germany. Or two. They beat Germany as well. Wow, they're doing they really beat, well. Yeah. So I, they beat Germany two one and Holland four three. 
Jesus, that's really bad. I, I absolutely loved America at the World Cup. I even wrote a bit of self-indulgent. After they got knocked out, I wrote something on Reddit that got like me two gold and like to the front page and everything because I was like proper nice to them. I was like, oh. So yeah, I really love it. I'm really loving America recently. I, I'd wish I was American so I could support them instead of fucking England because <laughs> as we saw today, they're a bit <laughs> fucking shit. Oh, I'm swearing again. I'm sorry, Tony. But yeah. Sorry, Tony. Sorry, Tony. <laughs> I think... I, yeah, uh, Tim is Tim is the only guy from the championship that was called up. I mean, you got a couple Premier League players in there, like Brad Guzan and uh, DeAndre Yedlin, but most of these guys are either playing in Mexico or in MLS, and that's really what the Gold Cup has always been for the United States. It's kind of it's it's a tournament for those fringe players, those bubble guys, to see if they can actually make the full squad later on. So I wonder if he does have a chance then, since it is. As you say, like the fringe players. I wonder, like, if you guys actually look at this squad, and I wonder how many of these players you would actually recognize, because a lot of them are just MLS regular regulars. And there's a lot of guys that are just middling players for the DC United, the New England Revolutions, that sort of thing. Right. So it's a bit of a bit of a, an experimental squad. Then is that what you're saying? Very. I mean, they have Jordan Morris in there, who did play against the Netherlands and Germany. But he's still a college player. He's literally an amateur. Jesus. Right. Very interesting. Well, let, let's hope he can take his chance. And if his chance does come, but thanks for that, Mark. That's that's fascinating. Um, right, brilliant. Well, I think on that note, on that bombshell, we'll uh, we'll call it a day for Love Pod 15. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, as usual, you can find us on the internet at lineofviennasuite.com. Also, lineofviennasuite on Twitter. We're not sure who Steve is. And everyone, I want you to all go on our Facebook page and like us on Facebook because we do post uh, some content on there, exclusive Facebook content as well. I'm not saying it's any good, but it's exclusive to Facebook. So like us on Facebook and you'll you'll receive some news first. You'll receive some other bits and pieces that doesn't go out to the general world. There's a bit of a reward for being so kind as to like our Facebook page. Uh, now, as usual, you can find me on Twitter at, at 90manning83. Rob, Dan, Mark, we'll start with you, Rob. Where, where can people find you online if they want to have a chat with you about Wanderers or anything in particular? Yeah, I'm on Twitter as well. I'm on at Robbie Laz on Twitter. Perfect. Dan? Yeah, as, as, as always, I'm at the Broski, but I'd just like to echo what you were saying about the comments sections on the, the website. It's, it's been really good recently. We've had loads of comments on pretty much every article. I've been really happy with the debate that's going on, so please do get involved. I'd like to give a shout-out to username Whitesmith on the website because he comments on everything, and I, I enjoy it. Yeah, I like your stuff, mate. Keep, keep commenting. Brilliant. Uh, and Mark? I'm also on Twitter. I'm at Mark Y, spelled W-H-Y-Y. But to echo what Dan said, back when I was doing the website, I really loved when everyone commented on it. It was great to have that sort of interaction and to not just talk amongst the other writers. So if, if people keep doing that, that's fantastic. Absolutely. It's, yeah, from you know a historical LOV perspective, obviously, we, we're very appreciative of the work that you guys did back in the past, getting the site up and off the ground. And uh, we wouldn't have anything really to talk about, would we, if that work hadn't been done? So uh, so from all of us who write, all of us that read, all of us that just like talking rubbish about Bolton, we, uh, we're very grateful for what you've done over the years, Mark. And it's lovely to have you on the pod. And I can vouch for your decent character in person. We, we shared a pint and a hot dog in New York a couple of years ago. And uh, <laughs> if you ever want to come back on the pod, you're very welcome, mate. It's been a pleasure. Um, I'll be so, back. Brilliant. Well, uh, that's been great. And um, we'll catch you all next week for Love Pod 16, um, where we'll hopefully, hopefully be in a position to make an announcement about a guest who's coming on. Just waiting for a few tiny little bits to, uh, to line up, and we'll do that as soon as we possibly can. But yet again, we'll see you on the flip side. It's been a pleasure. Enjoy your week, and let's hope we've got some signing to talk about next week. Cheers. Bye.